Welcome to the Black Empowerment Radio Show. I'm your host, Mark. This past Monday, I seen an episode of the Steve Harvey Show where he featured a corrupt cop that was quote-unquote reformed and a black man named Jamel that the cop framed. In studio is my guest and good friend, Jason. I'm going to play the interview on the show and then me and my good friend are going to come back and we're going to give you some commentary on this matter. My next guest, Jamel, and former police officer Andrew. More than 10 years ago, Andrew admittedly framed Jamel on drug charges. Jamel, take, take us back to the arrest and what happened. Yeah, 2005, my son was just born. His mom was coming over um, for me to meet him for the first time. I wanted to go to the store to get some milk and some other little goodies so I wouldn't have to leave. Um, so I end up getting a ride with a family friend. We get over there to the store. I get in there, I get my stuff. I come out the store and boom, Andrew Collins is right there approaching me talking about where's the dope. And I'm like, what dope? So um, he searched me again and was like, where's the dope? I'm like, what dope? I don't have any dope. And at that time I stood by the, the mark car and he walked towards the van, I mean the truck that I was in and when he came back this time, he wanted to search me again. And I'm like, at this time, I'm mad. I'm all right. Um, I unbuckled my pants and pulled down my pants and underwear, raised up my shirt and was like, I don't have any dope. And from that point, I went to jail and never got to see my son and sentenced to 10 years in federal prison. Why did you arrest your male? Yeah, so Steve, at that point in my career, uh, I was pretty young and I noticed that when I would uh, handle narcotics investigations, when I would get a big bust, uh, I would get a lot of attention. And my head started to grow, and I started uh, to do little things that led to bigger things that led to, by the end of my career, full-blown corruption. So on that day, I had heard, I got a tip, that there was going to be drugs delivered to that location. When I got there, there was one gentleman there, and then Jamel came out. And I wasn't sure what Jamel's part was with it, but I felt like the, the, the gap that was there in the story was my job to fill for justice to be served. So we found an ounce of crack in the car, and I just basically made up the story that Jamel had to have known because it was his drugs. So I, I wrote the story as, uh, so if any reader would listen or read, they would say, well, yeah, it was his dope. Okay, so Andrew, did, did, how, how did this truth catch up? How, did, how do we get here? Cause... Right, yeah, so that was 2005. By 2008, uh, these little steps towards corruption became I was a full-blown corrupt cop. And I ended up getting caught with crack, heroin, and marijuana in my office, and then the feds got involved. And uh, so I shut down immediately because I, I didn't want to be prosecuted. But the longer I was away from police work, the more I wasn't just sorry that I got caught, but I was sorry for what I had done to people because this wasn't who I was. It was who I allowed myself to become. So um, just through uh, prayer and what God was doing in my life, I, uh, I, said, I went to the feds and I said, I want to tell you the truth. I want to own up to everything. So we sat down and we started picking through these pieces of bad reports that I had done. Because it wasn't just Jamel. So by the end of that, over 50 to 60 cases were overturned. And then I pled guilty in January 2009. I was looking at 22 years in prison. I ended up only doing 18 months by the grace of God. And uh, a week after I pled guilty, Jamel was released from prison. Jamel, what was it like for you sitting in prison 
knowing that you were framed? It was a rough time for me. Um, I became very angry, a bitter person, was unapproachable. A conversation couldn't happen unless we were fighting. So I'm, in, I'm here, and I'm like, I don't want to be here. I got, I got to do something else to make it home to ultimately raise my son or to even see him, because the way I'm going now, um, I probably would be here forever. So I got into, I, I was in my room one day, Steve, and it was a Bible on the table. I grabbed the Bible, looked at it, I'm reading it, um, then I'm not reading it. It's like a song kept playing in my head that you can't get out, and it was just let it go, let it go, let it go. And I wouldn't at first, you know what I'm saying, because I wanted to hold that. And then when I let it go, man, <laughs> man, <laughs> some good things happen. Prayer definitely does change things. When I let it go, God... Um, that week later, I was released from federal prison. A week later. Okay, welcome back. Let's jump right into it. How you doing today, Jason? I'm good, man. Good, good. Um, so, we basically uh, heard the clip of uh, the cop and the black man that was framed by that cop. Um... What's your thoughts on, on this current? horror story? Yes, yes. This is a horror story. Uh, the, the beginning, middle, and end of this shit is a horror story. And this is why. This shit represents everything that's wrong, not only systematically, but within our own fucking culture. Now, this is going to be a very... I'm, to be honest, you got to get me. I got to go on the rant, bro. Like, this is... I'm, I'm so anti religion for black people and this is why this dumb motherfucker got framed went to prison for 10 years off being framed some shit he didn't even do right goes to jail for 10 years pacifies himself with a bible and somehow convinces himself that this story has a happy ending there is nothing happy about this story Despite the fact that this man got released, 10 years of his fucking life is spent in a box and is gone. All behind some fucking corrupt devil. Here's the key. By the grace of God, this, this guy got 18 months in prison. We're not even tallying up all the years he took away from other people. I'm gonna I'm gonna hazard a guess that the majority of them are black. But we're not even gonna talk about how many years he took from anybody else. Let's just take this idiot. Ten years of this man's life was gone, and he accepted this because of reading some bullshit scriptures and hearing some fucking song playing in his head. Oh, and then, you know, once I heard the song and calmed myself down, everything was cool. I was released a week later. That's not a happy ending. That's a, that's a fucking horror story. Absolutely. And this coon Steve Harvey is bringing this fucking devil on his show, and everybody is supposed to think that... He's reformed, he's good. No, he throughout his own words he even said he only fucking ends up telling because he, he got caught and then he tells immediately right. invalidated anything. He, he knew the indictment was coming. He knew the indictment was coming, so he said fuck it. He, he might have felt bad, but give a shit. Um he was he was under investigation, the indictment was coming. He might as well his, his lawyer probably suggested that he lean on the favor of judges and in this corrupt ass white supremacist system that favors cops no matter what gave this man 18 months in prison for destroying people's lives. 
18 months, 60 cases. 60 cases. Tally up the years he took from people. This guy should be rotting in a cell for the rest of his life. You know, and I fought Steve Harvey uh, partially for bringing this black man on national television and, and uh, basically making him humble himself yet again mm -hmm. before the world and this white officer who took away 10 years of his life, 10 years away from his kid. Uh, the, the day the incident happened, it was on the day that he was first meeting his son for the first time. Never got to meet his son. All those crucial years gone. But think about think about it on a bigger scale. Think about what this. Th think about like the bigger picture here. There's this culture of forgiveness that is in us black people. I I personally think it got instilled through pacification from white supremacy, without of course all the way back to the slave days and our religion. One of the biggest things in the Christian religion is forgiveness, 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 whatever. They teach this type of forgiveness as if it's a good thing. Right. They teach the type of forgiveness as if it's a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. Tell me how this is a good thing. Like, what are you gaining from that? Closure? Fuck that. It, and I'm sorry, I hate to say this, but if it was a black cop who was doing the same shit, that motherfucker would have died. They would have hung his ass out the drive and made an example of him. It would have buried his ass, son. They would have buried him under that fucking cell. But... I, I don't know. It's like it's hard to get to formulate exactly what I'm trying to say because this is an anger-filled rant right now. Absolutely. But this whole pacification of black people and this coon Steve Harvey is participating in this, telling us it's okay to forgive the people who destroyed your life. Right. What's so interesting to me is watching the show. You see the black guy. He practically has tears in his eyes, mm -hmm. and we are taught. Uh, in black society um, through being Christians that mm -hmm. we have to forgive. We want to be accepted and loved by every other race, every other group of people. Um, but, mm -hmm. you know, it's okay to, to have anger. Those are, are natural, true emotions. You know, if I was sitting up there and I was sitting next to that guy, that cop who framed me and took 10 years away from my life, my kids, you know what I would say to him? I would want his ass not only to feel the guilt, but I want him to be in jail like I was for 10 exactly. years. At the very least, be in jail for 10 years. And that's just based off what you did to me. Right. If I'm this guy. Definitely. Um, we got to stop, you know, pandering to white emotion, uh, mm -hmm. wanting everyone to like us, wanting to be accepted. Exactly. Um, you know. Because it pacifies loved. us. Mm -hmm. It pacifies Definitely. us. I would have loved for him to have gotten on that stage and shook things up a little bit and, and told him this is exactly what's wrong with the, the system that we mm -hmm. live in, which is the system of white supremacy. Right. Um, the guy got 18 months in jail. 18 months. He got 10 years. By the grace of God. By the grace of God, exactly. And that touches on their ideology of God and your ideology of God. Right. And just real quick, you tell me what's the worst crime? Having some drugs on you? Or destroying innocent people's lives if I'm selling drugs to make money to feed my kids that's one thing but if I'm purposely intentionally going around destroying people's lives put them in a box for 10 years who God knows how many decades of life this guy took away from people you might as well be out killing people right because you're taking that many years away what's the worst crime here mm -hmm. they gave this man 18 months by the grace of God that same God who sat and watched 
this dumb nigga sit in a box for 10 years and we didn't do anything to stop it. Let's just look at this from the perspective of if this guy that these people believe in are real. Right. What kind of justice is that? This guy let you sit in a box and rot for 10 years and didn't help your dumb ass. Right. It's only until this fucking cop confessed that you got out. Where is God's grace for you? God's grace is for this devil who's destroying people's lives and gave him 18 months. He back out on the streets. Now he's a mentor. Now he's famous. His life is even better than it was he's before. He's going to write a book about it. He's going to write a book. He's going to get paid. He's probably going to be lecturing. Consultant Steve Harvey's cool ass is probably going <laughs> to invite him to talk to his boys' camps right. and stuff exactly. like that. This is a exactly. fucking travesty. And somehow, through culture and through religion, this is twisted in a sick, insidious way to make it seem like this is a good thing. Mm -hmm. This forgiveness is not a good thing. It pacifies us. It makes us love our enemies who continue to fuck us over. If we love the people who treat us like shit, mm -hmm. then that's letting them know it's okay to treat us like shit. Absolutely. All you gotta do is apologize. Absolutely. All you gotta do is apologize, and here we go, bootlicking and buck dancing, getting TV and book endorsements, all <laughs> kind of bullshit. Right. It's crazy. It's sick. It's really sick. It's really sick. We should take a lesson from this mm -hmm. and understand that this culture that comes from this religion, that comes from white supremacy, is sick and is harmful for black people. Without a doubt. Because at the end of this, this guy's life got destroyed. Can you imagine all the progress you made in the last 10 years, sitting in a box doing absolutely nothing for the next 10? You got a newborn baby. You got young kids yourself. You got a newborn baby. You can't see that kid. And, you know, in the natural element for 10 years, all because this corrupt bastard framed you, you didn't, you are completely innocent. Mm -hmm. I don't think people fully understand the scope or, or, I don't know if scope is the right word, but fully understand the predicament that this guy's in and fully grasp the weight of completely being innocent and then get thrown in jail for 10 years. And the person that destroyed your life like that walks after 18 months. How is that justice? How are we protected? How is that justice? That is sick. And then this fucking coon, Steve Harvey, I can't say the word coon enough for this man, brings this guy to his show, lets him tell his story, and his audience just eats that bullshit up. Oh, yeah, this is godly. This is what Christ would want. Mm -hmm. Blah, 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 blah. If Christ existed, he got his stupid ass crucified, died on the cross. That's the <laughs> end of his story. All that forgiveness shit turn the other cheek so they can slap the other one. Exactly. That 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 needs to die in our culture. I that guy sat up there with red eyes and tears in his eyes. He was fighting back tears. The black guy. The black guy. Uh -huh. Yeah. He was sitting there, and um, you you can just see that he was angry. Right. He was angry. He didn't give. He didn't really want to, you know, forgive this guy. He did it because he was. This is the only way he could get any attention. To his situation, mm -hmm. to other people that's in this situation, right. you know, and and the the cop sat up there and said, you know, uh, hey, I, I uh, found an ounce of crack in the car, and you know, it was, I felt as though it was my job just to, you know, fill in the missing information. I didn't quite know how this guy fit into this picture, but hey, mm -hmm. you know, I'm white, white is right, and I'm going to put the pieces to this puzzle, right. even though the pieces are not even here. And it worked exactly the way he knew it. Worked. Absolutely, exactly. we don't have the benefit of the doubt in the system right. of white supremacy. Exactly, and even when these devils do get caught, they still get the benefit of the doubt. Without a doubt, without a doubt. This is I, like I can't honestly. I can't stress this enough. I, I don't want to keep harping on. Like we're gonna have a lot of conversations about white supremacy, 
we're not going to have that many about religion because this isn't a religious show. It's not an atheistic show. However, personally, I feel like religion, early on when it was beat into us, replaced our culture. Right. So as, you know, if you look back at the um, antebellum slavery, because it's still a form of slavery going on now, but if you look back at antebellum slavery, we were ripped away from our culture. Black people were ripped away from their culture. This this white Jesus was beat into them, and it served to to replace what culture that we didn't have. Mm-hmm. And what it did in the long run is, and Martin Luther King is the greatest example of this, it turned us into pacifists, or at least made us forgiveful of our enemies. Like Martin Luther King's biggest thing is love your enemies, love your enemies, peaceful protest, peaceful right. protest. What happened? He shot his dumbass. Exactly. You know? Exactly. They aren't thinking the same way that we are when it comes to this shit. So if you go on out with the mentality, and, and this is like, if, if we're out here in racial war, which essentially is what's going on, and you out there with the mentality that you're going to forgive the people who got their foot on your neck, forgive the people who are doing you wrong, forgive the people that are perpetuating a form of genocide to mm-hmm. you, which is what happened over the years, then you, you'll always be a victim. Absolutely. Christianity is not good for black people. Religion I don't think religion in general is good for black people. It's not good for black people. Especially this Jesus Christ bullshit who was essentially a pacifist. It makes us pacifists and it makes us forgetful of the people who are harming us the most. Right. We should know who our enemies are at all times. Exactly. I mean, if you look at the story of Jesus, he got his dumb ass killed thousands of years ago and that was the <laughs> end. We ain't heard from them since. <laughs> right. You know? Even his story played out in a bad way for him. It's sad. It's sad that we are so indoctrinated by these bad ideas. Absolutely. And have take no thought for take no thought to how this shit was even brought to us from the beginning you know yeah like it was well, beat into our if it wasn't for slavery we wouldn't be Christians why, why are we still carrying around relics of slavery right we know that black people have no knowledge of self absolutely so you know you can when you don't have any knowledge of self you can replace uh, that with anything you exactly know exactly right so that's why black people they harp on religion so hard that's part of the reason why we don't progress as a collective um, in society. That's why we aren't competing with some of the other ethnic groups. Um, One of the reasons. Yeah, we definitely uh, touched on uh, why there aren't many black philosophers. Yes. Why black people aren't real competitors in uh, science, science and technology yep. uh, in different uh, you know areas of activity and. It, do you know how many conversations I had with black people, whether it's in the realm of philosophy, science? If I mention the word evolution, very often it's followed by, oh, that's the devil. That's the work of the devil. That's something that the devil teaches y'all college kids to confuse y'all. Right. This superstitious mentality. And it's funny because white people in general are Christians too, but you don't see that holding them back. Absolutely. You know, you don't see that type. I mean, you, you do see it every now and then, but on the for the most part, White people are the the field of the fields of science, philosophy, all the all the real educational the educational endeavors are dominated by white people. Mm-hmm. How many black philosophers can you name? How many black scientists can you name? 
Neil deGrasse Tyson. Exactly why you know him because he's black. <laughs> Absolutely. Seriously. Absolutely. That's why you know him. Absolutely. I mean, I love Neil deGrasse Tyson, but Neil deGrasse Tyson is more of he's not particularly active in the field of current research. Right. He's the guy they bring on TV to relay scientific information. The token to black guy. He's a token black guy. He's fun. He's smart. He's articulate. Mm-hmm. He's, he, you know, he's but a guy like Lawrence Krauss is just as smart as Neil deGrasse Tyson can relay that information just as well is just as charismatic is just as funny but you don't hear about him because he's just one of many white scientists right they have one of us you know you have no choice but to but to um propel him into the spotlight because it's so fucking rare right it's right. so rare right like i it's in the older you get if you're black the worse it is i mean that's the same thing um regarding black owned businesses too yes. you know we have to Emphasize that it's black owned. Yes, because it's 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 in scarcity. Exactly. It's scarce. It is scarce, and, and it's not in our culture to do that. We're not right. raised as people who go out and get their own. You know, to go out to start their own businesses. We're kind of like, oh, you get a good job, you better keep it. Right, right. You get a, you got a good job, keep that job. Work, you know, work all your life, retire, get your pension, and die. <laughs> that a lot of that. That's the that's the height. Of what some black people strive for. Retire, work, don't get fired, get your pension, and fucking die. Right. I can remember being uh, younger and, um, you know, uh, some people in my family were saying, you know, you need to you need to pick up a trade. Yeah. You need to get into a trade so, you know, after high school you can get a job. We don't really have a, a concept of uh, being self-sufficient, owning businesses, uh, getting involved in industry. It has an air of something that we can't do. Absolutely. It has this perception on it like, ooh, going out and starting a business, that's risky, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's risky for anyone who ever started a business. Right. Yet there are many successful businessmen on every level, whether it's a small business, a large business, a mom and pop, it's always that same risk. But obviously there's a history of what happens to black businesses right. <laughs> throughout the years. Like That's an old topic from another... For another podcast and we'll have to do Definitely. some more research for, to get this information out there correctly but I'm talking about on a cultural level and anybody black listening understands this mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure the things that we're saying I have a lot of black people mad right but it's the truth it's the it truth and we're going to bring the truth we're going to bring the truth listen talk to any of your black grandparents tell them you're an atheist see how well that conversation goes absolutely talk to any ask any of your black grandparents You'll be shunned and ostracized. You know, right. How many of them went to college? How many of them are business owners? Because they come from an era where white supremacy had them so suppressed and pacified. And I understand the people who are most in need gravitate toward religion. That's why the poorest areas, whether it's this country or nationwide, are the most religious because you need it. Right. But that mentality, that, that, I know we kind of jumping around a lot, but that, that religious mentality needs to stop. Like, I have um, two family members, an aunt and uncle. Neither one of them are employed. They both basically sit around getting handouts from their kids. And I was talking to I was talking to him one day, and, I, and my aunt told me that my uncle needed a job. Mm-hmm. He needs a job because I own a business and basically trying to see if he can get some work with me. You know what his answer was? I don't need a job. I need the Lord. Word <laughs> for word, that's exactly what he told me. And I didn't say anything to him, but I'm looking at him like, you lost the fool. <laughs> you yeah, lost the yeah. fool. You know, 
I had a conversation with a family member also one time and, um, you know, they were trying to lay it on me pretty thick with the whole, you know, you got to give it to God. You got to pray on it. If you want this, you want that. Um, and you know, I was trying to be as delicate as I could, but you know, I let them know, listen, you see this car you driving? You didn't get this because of the Lord. You didn't get this because you prayed for it. You were signing, you know, the work and effort that you put into right. an agency, right. you know, to some, uh, an agency mis- outside of yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I'm like, Hey man, if I sit in the house all day, I could be the most religious person in the world. That shit ain't going to stop, you know, PGW, Pico, Verizon from turning my, uh, utilities and, and things off. You know what I mean? So, we're the only people who are diehard dumb. And pray, sit and pray on that. And see how, see how Absolutely. Works. We're the only people that's diehard dumb on religion. You know, everybody else uses religion as as, as just a, a a hobby, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But they know that they have to actually get out there and empower themselves, themselves. to make things happen. Right. You know, we show up to war with a Bible. They show up with a gun. You know, they show up with their gun in their Bible. We show up with a Bible. We lose every time. Absolutely. I, I bet you this idiot on Steve Harvey show who was sitting in jail for 10 years was praying throughout them 10 years. Yeah. I know he didn't read, I know he didn't pick up a Bible and sing no fucking hymns only on the last week his ass was in jail. <laughs> Where was God the 10 years he was in jail? Where right. was God for the people who still haven't been released? Where was God to prevent it in the first place? And there you go. You know, so we got to kind of get up off this mentality that we have to give everything to the Lord and pray for everything. This is why it's so powerful as a symbol. Like, the symbolism is so strong that one of, if not the first, ship that brought slaves over was named the good ship Jesus. Absolutely. Like, the sim- you can't ask for a better symbol mm-hmm. of this. Like, this is, this, is, this is your oppressor. This comes from your oppressor. How can anything that's given to you by your oppressor be good for you? And the pacif- the pacifying effects still linger to this day. As you see, mm-hmm. this fucking idiot is looking at this cop like, I forgive you. Steve Harvey is bringing this story up like, at the end of the day, this is a win for Christianity. Yeah. this is Like, like I said, this is a horror story. There is nothing good about this story. Nothing good about this story. And mm. it just reinforces the negative... Or reinforce, I'm just going to right say it reinforces the hate that I have for Christianity and what it does for the mindset of our people. Right. You know, all it does is pacify, give false hope, and create false good out of bad situations. Mm-hmm. You know, it allows people to think that bad shit, it allows people to think when bad shit happens that it's a good thing in the end result. It's not a good thing. A good thing would have been him trying to frame you and God intervening and saying no he's being framed and this fucking cop goes to jail so he can't inflict that on other people without a doubt that would have been a good thing if there was a God looking out for your black ass that's what happened right even still you know he's still taking the the humanity from this black man yes he's still the black man is still not even allowed to express his true rage because I bet you if you know we we were uh you know together or we were in our own private setting he'd say you know what 
I hate this motherfucker. You know what I mean? I I want him to suffer. I, I want hope him to he would say yeah. Without I a hope doubt. he would say that. I hope but, you he know, we truly off. isn't feeling the way he's feeling. Yeah. Like you said, we're we're brought off. We're brought off. So we're brought off. Like we want that acceptance so bad from them that ah oh, man, that's, I'm sick. It's hard to formulate into words the it's true just, horror of mm-hmm. this story and just how this is a perfect this is a perfect analogy for some of the things that's wrong with our community starting with religion starting with this pacifying motif that we always have to forgive we always have to forgive i'm not saying he should have jumped on that stage and killed that motherfucker i'm just saying we don't we can't keep looking at the people who are doing bad things to us and forgiving them forgiving them forgiving them Mm -hmm. and thinking that it's okay to let this kind of stuff happen to us it's not fucking okay yeah dylan roof uh he going to church, kill a bunch exactly. of grandmoms and kids and and elderly people from our community, and you know, we holding it. We we don't even get a chance to fully grieve ourselves before right. we holding some hands outside the church, praying for him. I don't know why we are so uh, fascinated uh, with forgiving and, and and loving our enemy. Everybody else can, you know, tell the Jews to to hold hands. And pray for uh, Adolf Hitler or uh, a Nazi, Nazis, or even neo Nazis. Right. We're and and nobody one. expects them to do that. Nobody don't. Nobody expects them to do that. Nobody puts them in this box where they have to be all pacified and forgiven and, and looking at them like that's a good thing. Right. If some Jew went on a TV show and started talking about how he forgives the Nazis, forgives the Jews, shaking hands with current neo-Nazis who feel the same goddamn way that they always did. Mm-hmm. Other Jews would look at him like he's out of his fucking mind. He'd be ostracized. He'd be ostracized. That show wouldn't air. That radio show wouldn't air. Exactly. They'll get it pulled. Shmuley would never be allowed <laughs> back in the country club. <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's only with us that that's seen as a good thing. That's like... Nobody expects Americans to look at Taliban members like, I forgive you. Mm-hmm. Nobody expects us to look at Middle Eastern terrorists and say, we as America forgive you. No, it's never forget. It's right. not we forgive. It's never forget. But us, we supposed to get over the shit. We, spo- we need to stop this shit. We mm. need to stop this shit because we need to understand who our enemies are. And not forgive them so we can just allow... Let's, we can allow them to keep doing the same stuff to us. That's like keeping our door unlocked when we constantly getting burglarized. Right. Oh, I forgive the burglar. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sleep. I'm gonna sleep with my doors unlocked again. Only to get robbed again. You sitting there like a damn fool on Steve Harvey show. Oh, I forgive you. And Steve Harvey's coon ass brought Paula Dean on the show too. To to uh, absolutely get, get yeah, her I remember a platform that. to say, I oh, I'm sorry that. for being. A fucking racist. <laughs> you're not sorry. You're just sorry you got court, you know? Exactly right. Because it doesn't matter if you're sorry. I don't care that you're sorry. What matters is how you feel. Right. And if that's how you feel, fine. That's how you feel. Your ass ain't going to be given a platform on my show. Right. Once again, Steve Harvey is having is giving these motherfuckers a platform so we can forgive them again. Right. What the fuck is with Steve Harvey and us forgiving these There's definitely a pattern there. He's their token got, Negro exactly. when they want to... Uh, mitigate the uh the the, the damage exactly. they always go to steve harvey try exactly. to get a spot on she, steve harvey's show and people people eat like he speaks for up. all black people, people he doesn't speak for me shit up and we, like i said we're so pacified that 
we we look at this shit as good. We look at this forgiveness shit as good. Fuck that. Forgiveness is not good. We have to know who our enemies are, understand that. I'm not saying all white people are the enemies of black people, but if somebody clearly wrongs you, clearly has racist connotations, fuck them. Why forgive them? Fuck them. We don't need them. Forgiving them is not going to help us. It's only going to hurt us. It's only going to pacify and disarm us. Right. We don't need that shit. We don't need this. And it's time to stop being so polite about religion, if you ask me. That shit mm-hmm. needs to die, at least in our community, or just get relegated to, like you said, a hobby. <laughs> right. We need to stop believing and acting as if there's some benevolent God who's looking out for us as people. And I don't know how much clearer it can be that there isn't one. I think Dr. Umar Johnson touched on it uh, best when he said the white man, the Asian man, the East Indian man, they all have their gods here on earth. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to to uh, to die you mean their paradise? Or their paradise. Heaven? I'm sorry. Yeah, they have. They they all have their paradise here. Mm-hmm. We have to die, and wait to to an afterlife to get our paradise, to get our our pie in the sky. And, and, and you know what's sad? Not only the time, energy, mental faculties that go into religion. Think about the money that goes into religion. If we can make motherfuckers like T.D. Jakes, crooks like Bishop Eddie Long motherfuckers like that rich mm-hmm. why can't we pull money in the same way for an economic base for us absolutely think about that we got enough money to make motherfuckers like Creflo Dollar filthy rich well a lot of that money's coming from black people mm-hmm. we got enough money for that bullshit that doesn't benefit us whatsoever him selling us snake oils and, cr- and chakras and <laughs> crystals all kind of goofy bullshit it's all the same they can sell us that nothingness Sell us ideals of, like you said, a paradise in heaven because we damn sure don't have one now. Mm-hmm. All these false ideals and we just funny money into, money into these people, but we can't support our own businesses. We can't build no kind of economic base. And that's sad. Yeah. That's sad because all like our mindset is focused on the wrong shit. I understand where it came from. For lack of a better word, the shit was beat into us. Mm-hmm. But at this point now, we got to look at ourselves and saying, okay, what the fuck are we doing? Yep. What the fuck are we doing? How is this helping us? We're buying shoes. Mm-hmm. We're buying cars. Yep. We're buying clothes. Yep. None of that's owned. None of that's created. Nope. None of those companies are owned by us. We're not um, manufacturing any of it. Barely distributing any of it. Um, but we just, you know, I said that on my last show. We just become a, a community of consumers. Right. Um, so we definitely got to break out of that. everything that everyone else makes themselves. Absolutely. And they take that money that they get from us and bring it back to their communities. Because, you know, damn sure Asians ain't buying black-owned. You know white people ain't buying black-owned. Absolutely. And black people aren't buying black-owned. And, and that's another thing that I wanted to touch on. Uh, just the psyche of, of the black customer. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say how we have to support each other. Um, how we have to create these businesses that cater to black people. But... Mm-hmm. You know, the the sad truth is a lot of black people don't want to see black businesses succeed. Right. Because then that's a a symbol of uh, progress, so to speak. And, you know, you can't kind of cry about it anymore. Now it's, okay, hey, this person is not a basketball player. This person not a football player. Mm-hmm. They're not a rapper. You know, they just put some money together. They had a solid business plan. They went for it. They're succeeding. They're not only... 
uh, catering to the black community, but they cater in the other communities. But they're parlaying that wealth back into the black community. Mm-hmm. And somebody that's sitting around all day, you know, they don't have that excuse anymore. Exactly. So it takes away your excuse for not succeeding. Absolutely. It's funny that the only rich people that black people collectively accept are people with exceptional talents mm-hmm. because you can write that off like, oh, I can't rap. Right. I can't play ball. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And people don't expect you to be able to. Those are one in a million type of people. But the average Joe who's thinking, think, you know, thinking intelligently enough to pull some money together and start a business and start succeeding, you like, damn, well, what's stopping me from doing that right. shit? Right. Like, we are without excuse. Like, if there's, if you look at any average black neighborhood, there's hardly no black businesses. Like, I think you said it in the last um, episode. It's, an, it's barbershops. Mm-hmm. Might be a... Some hair salons. Hair salon. Okay. But, by and large, most restaurants in black neighborhoods, there's poppy stores everywhere. It's either, Absolutely. Know, type of Spanish stores, Chinese stores, it's KFCs, it's all these chain restaurants that none of us fucking own. But, but you damn sure see mm-hmm. a church on every other corner. Absolutely. And that's a business. That is a business that and most gets people money don't understand that. Community. Most people don't understand right. that church is a business. Right. And all the fucking church is doing is taking money out the community. Yep. There might be little outreach programs here and there. Mm-hmm. But by and large, that is tax free income that could be better served building a black infrastructure. But we will never do that as long as we don't shake this mind control that this religion has over mm-hmm. us and it's fucking mind control but see the pastor and the reverend understands yes, that they damn sure do they understand that I personally know a few pastors who do not believe the shit that they are peddling because mm-hmm. I asked them I asked them personally do you really believe literally this 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 and this no not really it's allegorical or this that and the third right. then I'm like why the fuck are you teaching people this shit because mm-hmm. they believe it and you know they believe it I actually heard a, a pastor say you know I don't care if it's uh your, 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 your light bill money. I don't care if it's your mm-hmm. last fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Put it in the collection plate. Yep. Hold yep. on. Hold on now. Hold on now. You mean to tell me if my lights get cut off, God gonna turn them back on? Exactly. But they sell an invisible product, and we're dumb enough to buy it. They Thanks sell. Man. They say if if the praise go up, aka the blessing the comes money. down. Exactly. If the praise right, go right. up, the blessing <laughs> comes down. All that is is give me give me your money, and God will do shit for you. Right, and when God continues not to do shit for you. Meanwhile, I'm going to drive this Cadillac. I'm going to drive this Mercedes Benz, and I'm gonna write it off in the church name. So Mm -hmm. I gotta pay for that shit. Yeah, nobody cheat on their taxes like a reverend. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all getting all this good game tonight? Yeah, man. It's time to let this shit go. I think my overarching point to tie everything together is we are, you know, obviously. The main thing is building black infrastructure, like you said. But we have to shed ourselves of harmful ideologies. This this ideology or this motif of forgiveness, fuck that. This, this religious mindset that we have that keeps us as slaves. And people will outright say, I'm a slave to Jesus, and be happy about it. That needs to go. That's not helping us. Stop mm-hmm. building churches and start building some fucking businesses. Well, this concludes our radio show podcast for today. To stay current with our radio show podcast, please subscribe to our radio station uh, via soundcloud.com 
forward slash Black Empowerment Radio. Follow us on Facebook at Black Empowerment Radio. Thank everyone again for listening. Until next time.